The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to have some more fun and talk about how you could set up an e-commerce brand for long-term success. Joining us is Jack Haldrup, who is the founder and CEO of the Dr. Squatch Soap Company, which is an omni-channel e-commerce brand that sells high-quality, natural handmade products for men who live demanding lifestyles. Prior to his role leading Dr. Squatch, Jack was an agile product manager that developed systems for clients ranging from multi-million dollar e-commerce companies to large defense contractors. And yesterday, Jack and I talked about how to develop a targeted e-commerce brand. And today we're going to focus our conversation on building brand-centric omni-channel marketing strategies. Okay, here's the second installment of our interview with Jack Haldrup, the founder and CEO of the Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Jack, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Good to be back. It's great to have you here. We covered a lot of ground yesterday, specifically talking about what's the purpose of the brand and how you developed Dr. Squatch and some of the hilarious content you've been working on. As you had a clearer picture and you mentioned that you sort of had an agile strategy for developing your brand, it's been iterative over time. I'm curious to know how you thought about taking that brand building an advertising and a marketing strategy around it. And then also as you're marketing in multiple different sources, you have your own website. I assume you're on Amazon. You have some other resellers. How do you put all of those pieces together? So to answer the channel mix and like where we sell, we typically come up with one major goal for the year. So our biggest goal, because we're trying to grow as a company is just new customer acquisition. So actually the number of new customers is the biggest KPI that we track. So starting from that, then we just kind of break down and look at what are the opportunities in different channels based on kind of scale, like how much volume is there for us and then how cost efficient is that. So give me a little detail on what some of the channels that have worked for you and how they've expanded over time. Did you start off with your website first or were you selling outlet malls? Where'd you start off? We started on our website and we, just to give you guys a breakdown, I mean, we sell right now about 15% of our sales on Amazon, less than 1% through resellers and retailers, and then the rest would be directly through our website. So when we started, we were website focused and this was about six years ago. And just based on kind of my knowledge of the world of marketing, I thought the only real channel that was out there was basically Google. So I was super focused on Google AdWords and then to a lesser extent, SEO. 
definitely not the case anymore. So you originally started off very keyword and content focused. How did that change over time? I'm assuming you ended up going on Facebook and Instagram. Is that the primary channel now? Yeah. So once we figured that out in 2014, that really was what blew up the company. So I think within the first month of basically learning Facebook ads and trying it out, we tripled the size of the business after we'd been around for like a year and a half. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. <laughs> so you start doing ads that are you know social-based. And I'm assuming that there was a content play. How are you taking your brand and repackaging it to be appropriate for social media as opposed to the SEO-driven content that you were working on? Yeah. I mean, the content has to be better, right? So it's not just a written article that might be somewhat generic, but still achieves your keyword objective, which is going to get somebody to visit the site. It's more about how do we stop somebody and grab their attention while they're scrolling through their phone, walking around or doing whatever. And how do we provide content that actually is going to give them value based on them being in that state of mind. So there's a lot of things to consider with that. Even with the video, you have to be very visual with your videos because people may not have their sound on. So talk to me about some of the tricks for taking your video and getting people to pay attention to them when they don't have their sound on. What are some of the things that you're doing? So we're thinking of basically as we design that video, I call it the ADG generation. You can't have more than one second where something's not happening on the screen. It's a process that we had identified because the agency that we work with, they're very great storytellers. So we were creating these videos that were very storytelling based. And I think they were good in terms of that context, but they weren't really getting the results that we needed on social media. That's just something that we realized based on thinking about the behavior as well as looking at what some other brands do. So that was one of the biggest things is just like, we have to have constant movement in the video, whether that's different cuts with the camera, whether that's putting text on, whether that's graphics, really bringing all that together. So you think a lot about pace. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview.
Mm -hmm. As you have matured, you know, you started off in Google, you've moved more into social media. As those channels start to hit their saturation point, what are some of the other ways that you don't get caught flat-footed and are cultivating new channels? Well, I think just paying attention and following good resources. So one channel that we recently opened up and started scaling more on is YouTube within the past six months. And part of that is because we finally have really good video content to use there now. But the other part of it is that YouTube has really increased the capabilities for a marketer, and especially like a performance-driven marketer to take advantage of. And so now they have things like doing actual cost per conversion objective bidding versus just like view bidding. So the ability to actually hit a goal that's competitive with Facebook is now available on YouTube. And there's definitely less saturation there. As you think about building your brand, it sounds like you're very customer acquisition and growth focused. In our last episode, we talked about building a brand that was very targeted. How are you thinking about taking that brand and how are you thinking about targeting as it relates to your various marketing channels? Are they all the same target? Are you targeting the same customers across channels? It's funny because like my answer is pretty much going to be like we don't think about it. We don't necessarily differentiate that content. What we like to do is just have options and honestly let the platforms figure out what works to a degree. Now, when we create the content, like we still have a lens around like knowing who our customer is and knowing some of our brand values and what type of content we want to have as a brand. But we typically don't get that granular when we're actually in the platforms. So essentially, you're creating all of your content to be speaking towards the same customer and just taking each individual piece of content and throwing it on the platforms and seeing if it works and then optimizing the ones that do or replicating them. Correct. Okay. What are some of the other marketing strategies? It sounds like you've been very growth marketing and you're doing a lot of paid advertising. Is there anything else that you're doing on the marketing side to A, drive people to your website or B, optimize for your other outlets? Something that we're trying to do that we've had a little bit of challenge with is get more involved with influencer marketing. And I think where our brand is at right now, we're trying to get to a point where we can basically just leverage things more. So one thing that I noticed is that when we started producing higher quality content, some of these like really funny videos, you know, those were great sales tools in terms of we put that on the platform and it generates results. But it also created opportunity for us in the sense that we had new people coming to us with opportunities, some influencers, some just like PR type stuff, because it gave like a certain level of credibility to our brand. So I think a next stepping stone for us in that idea of credibility is bringing on some bigger partnerships with some people that are well known. So that's certainly something that I wouldn't say we are necessarily doing exactly at this moment, but it's high on the list of goals for this year. Do you have a sense of how you're going to evaluate influencers as a channel? So I'm planning to take a different approach than probably many people do. And I'm looking to partner directly with influencers and run paid media under their names. So I'll be able to track it directly. Or you got to talk me through what that means. So what that means is... We want to create a mutually beneficial relationship with somebody, right? So find an influencer. So we're working with a semi-professional fisherman. And he obviously has his social media presence. He has his audience. And we feel that it's a good fit for our audience. A lot of our customers like fishing. They like to do outdoor stuff. So it's a good fit. So if we can partner with him, basically pay him to run some ads under his account name, where he talks about Dr. Squatch and how after he cleans the fish, it gets the smell off his hands... It's a very organic and natural way to position it. And we're running that under his name. So not only do we get to reach the customer from a different angle, it's not us at Dr. Squatch saying like, hey, we're the best ever. 
It's this guy that people know and trust on some level. And then for him, depending on how much money we put behind that, and especially with the increasingly limited reach of organic on these platforms, we're going to help him increase his follower base because he's just going to get a ton of exposure. So basically, you're running the same playbook that you've developed for your brand, but you're putting it in someone else's voice who has credibility. Correct. Interesting. You mentioned that you were selling about 15% of your products in Amazon. How is that scaling and how are you promoting your listings on Amazon? Amazon listings, um, we're doing the normal stuff like ads or the paid search on there. Honestly, I don't focus on Amazon a ton. I view it as a way for us to kind of be where people are. And there's obviously people that only want to shop on Amazon. And so we want to be there to at least have an option there. But when I think strategically about it, there's no ability to create a relationship with a customer on Amazon. And there's not a lot of customer lifetime value there. So it's not a channel that we're super focused on scaling. It's interesting. Amazon has the... I think they actually have a subscription product now, but they have the subscribe and save. And to me, I absolutely understand you wanting to own the customer relationship and to be able to build recurring relationships and market back to your customers. And if they're buying things on Amazon, you don't understand who the customer is. On the flip side, they do have the mechanisms to be able to deliver products and they lower the hurdle to conversions. And to me, I think that's the problem that a lot of e-commerce brands have is like, I could sell a bunch of stuff on Amazon, but I don't know who the customer is. And I might not be able to ever reach them again. Yeah. I think it depends on your goals, right? Um, I view Amazon as a way to make some money. It can be a positive cash flow tool. A lot of times in our business, on our website channels, we'll invest in customers at a loss up front. Mm-hmm. Because we know that over time, like we can model that out. You can't really do that on Amazon. So I view Amazon as kind of a lot of times a shorter term opportunity versus the website stuff as more of a strategic asset. So it seems like you do a couple of things very well and you're trying to replicate that playbook, right? Like you've focused on originally Google and SEO, and now you have done a lot of performance marketing and you're using that to drive people to your website and you understand what your conversion rate is so you could determine your ROI and your lifetime value. What is the area of focus that you're trying to build now, not only in your marketing, but in your company's life cycle? Where are you and what's the next big hurdle for you? So I think for this year, one of the biggest things is focusing on internal team and process. So we just doubled our marketing team size and we're getting to a point where it's less about one or two people doing things and more about doing more as a team. So part of that is us trying to come up with a consistent growth framework that we can use where we're coming up with and testing new ideas every week and just being able to launch that and then track it and see what works over time so that we can we can start to learn. So it sounds like you're hitting the growth stage of being a company, right? Like you're out of being an early stage startup. You have product market fit. You have a sense of what your primary channels are, and now you're really just focused on scale. And so that's where process and channel expansion comes into play. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jack, I appreciate you making the time. It's really interesting to hear about how you developed a targeted brand and how you've really found your core channels where primarily paid media and how you're thinking about expansions. Any last word or any advice for other people who are launching e-commerce brands as they make the connection between their brand, their marketing channels, and their retail outlets? The advice that I always tell people, just because I like to speak from experience, and what worked for me was just building a brand and a product that I actually wanted. So 
I always tell people to first focus on that and focus on like, what are some of the issues that you experience in your life and how can you, you know, create solutions to solve that type of stuff. And I just think it gives you a certain advantage with your intuition about actually understanding if a product is good or not. Yeah. It seems like your experience has really been centered around you being somebody that would be the consumer of the product. And that's helped you understand what your customers' needs are. And I think that it's good advice if you're passionate about a specific business to make sure that you're at least putting the quality filter on it of, if I don't love it, my customers are not going to. Yeah. I think of it as like, if I would be a customer for this product, then at least we have one. And it's probably unlikely that I'm going to be the only one in the world. So then it's just about finding more people like me. Okay. Well, Jack, I appreciate you taking the time and it's interesting to hear about your brand. So thank you for coming on and joining the MarTech Podcast. Cool. Thanks, Ben. All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Jack Haldrup for joining us. Uh, He's the founder and CEO of Dr. Squatch Soap Company. If you'd like to contact Jack, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn bio in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website at drsquatch.com. That's D-R-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry, we've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we'll have summaries of all of our episodes and our guest contact information. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up over the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.